Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Viva Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas. Yeah. Viva, oh, viva, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. We have to have done that song before. I doubt it. <laughs> I'm putting money on it. Every once in a while, we repeat. You're putting money on it. Yeah. Right. Nice, not nice. much. <laughs> there's not it's much in left. The spirit of... <laughs> in the spirit of Vegas, we are gambling. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back. You are watching slash listening to the Command Zone podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. So today, we're going to be doing a deck tech on... One of the new commanders from Commander 2019, it's Greven, the Predator Captain. This is a deck I brought to Vegas, mm-hmm. got to play it quite a bit, so you're going to learn everything I learned from my uh, first version of the deck, what's in there, what I would now change about it, how it uh-huh. played. Very nice. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. And then, of course, we just got back from GP Vegas. Yeah, you might hear it in our voices or see it in our faces, but <laughs> we're still recovering. That was four days straight of magic and tons of fun. We'll be talking about that at the end of the episode. But before we get into it, you might want to get into it and build this deck for yourself or buy some Commander 2019 product by going to cardkingdom.com slash commandzone. I heard so many people this weekend that were like, I use your affiliate link all the time. And I was like, that is awesome. That's really, really nice to hear. So whether they were a patron or just a listener of the show, it's awesome. You really do support the show and you can get tons of awesome magic product from one of the best businesses in the business. Yeah, I want to say that, you know, I built this deck right before we left for Vegas, right? I'm online, Mm -hmm. and I'm making the list, and I don't own most of these cards. I had a few, maybe 10 of the, Uh you know, besides lands, maybe 10 of the 80 or so that I needed. And, of course, I had to order from Card Kingdom, specifically because they were the only company I trusted to get the cards to me on time before we left. Yep. So that's one of the great things about Card Kingdom. Again, thanks everybody who supports us by using our affiliate link. And another way to support all of our content is by supporting our other sponsor, Ultra Pro. Mm -hmm. They were at GP Vegas as well. They had a nice booth there with some really cool products like their C19 theme stuff. There's, uh, you know, they don't have Grevin, but they have Anya. They got Savine. Mm -hmm. They've got Kadena. They've got all the face commanders from Commander 2019. But Ultra Pro has been around for so long. They do such awesome stuff. They also have, like, if you're building this deck, you can put it in the Rakdos sleeves in the Rakdos Ah, deck box. Yeah, that's right. So you can always find the product that goes with uh, each individual deck, which I really like about Ultra Pro. And, of course, they make the, you know, super high-quality stuff that protects your cards. Yep. Uh, and the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone and we uh, shout out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Stu Winninger. 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 No, Either way, I, Stu's winning, right? Yeah. <laughs> we should have brought Stu with us to Vegas. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's wait, get wait, wait, Stu. Oh. You rock. You rock. Yeah, you're good. Oh, geez. I almost forgot. Stu, you win. You're winning. There was a joke in there somewhere. Okay. No one's ever made that joke before. Yeah. So, Grevin, Deck Tech. Let me read Grevin really quickly. Um, 
Grevin Predator Captain, three black and a red for a 5-5 human warrior, legendary creature, of course. He's got Menace. It says Grevin gets plus X plus zero, where X is the amount of life you've lost this turn. Hmm. So it's only a power bump, but however much life you've lost that turn, that's how much extra power Grevin gets. And then Grevin says, whenever he attacks, you may sacrifice another creature. If you do, you draw cards equal to that creature's power, and you lose life equal to that creature's toughness. Ah. So if he attacks and you sacrifice a 4-4, you're going to gain, you're going to draw four cards, lose four life, and then Grevin will become plus four power because you've now lost five life that turn. In addition to any other life, life. you may have lost that turn. Right, and it adds up. So you can lose life in other ways, not just how Grevin sacrifices creatures in order to pump him to really high amounts. And this is insane from playing the deck. There are definitely many turns where you're able to dump a ton of life into Grevin and just be like, yeah, you got 27 power or whatever. You don't need to go above 21 because of commander damage, but yeah, sometimes seems, that just happens. Seems dangerous. Yeah. It's playing <laughs> a game here. It, I mean, definitely Grevin is powerful in the way that it can knock people completely out of the game mm-hmm. from nowhere. like, And then draw you like, 20 cards maybe yeah. there is this interesting balance of like i have to get, pay my life to do that though and you have to be careful when playing this deck because especially my first couple games with it getting the balance of like when to spend life when not to how much life to spend right. was hard and i would find myself crap i'm at seven life and i'm just gonna <laughs> lose because it doesn't matter what i do from that point and also like i can't actually sacrifice creatures to draw cards anymore because that'll just kill me right uh so it is a lot of interesting decisions i like that about the deck it's it's difficult to pilot but i think once you get it down and by no means am i an expert yet um it starts getting a lot better so it's, it's one of those decks that as you learn it it becomes more powerful feels very ractosy in its colors and everything it's doing here losing life to draw cards very mm-hmm. black and then just attacking for a lot of damage seems very red but it has card advantage on the actual card itself so that's very exciting yeah and it's a voltron commander which i don't normally like i, I think everybody out there knows that i've been disparaging about commander damage in the past and wait did you kill anyone with commander damage this oh weekend? yeah maybe like three or four different people oh. knocked oh. out yeah i also kills everybody with commander damage from my feather deck so i was like oh. commander damaging people the irony was level was high um no the format shifting josh <laughs> i mean one of the things we you know we talk about voltron and we're, we're not often very um we don't rank it highly as far as the more powerful mm-hmm. archetypes and i think one of the reasons is because voltron super all in and tends to lack the things that other decks have as far as late game grindy attrition potential right and most decks in the format um maybe not cedh but you know in in the overall format tend to be the more grindier, attrition-based, value-based decks. Yeah. And that's the style that both of us kind of like. And the interesting thing about Grevin is it's a Voltron deck that has that grindiness because it draws you so many cards. Yeah, and it plays the fun game of, you know, using your life total as a real resource here, which seems really interesting. It's 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 almost like a game in, in and of itself, playing yeah. with Grevin. Just balancing that. But you never, you don't, like in, in Rafik or something, Use play Rafik deck. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get in these situations where, yeah, I knock out one player, but now I'm down to two cards. I don't really have a good way. Yeah. Because all my cards kind of make Rafik really strong. I don't have a lot of cards that are just going to be like, refill my hand. But yeah. Grevin kind of does that simultaneously. So that's the thing I like about it is that you're doing the Voltron thing, but at the same time, you don't feel like, oh, I'm running out of gas. Well, you feel like you're, the gas you're running out of is more your life total than the, your <laughs> cards, which is interesting. Yeah, well, at the same time, a lot of Voltron decks don't have as much focus on other creatures in the deck, and this one definitely has to because Grevelin's sacrificing them. So let's go and move on to talk about some of our big, cheap creatures. I actually like this a lot. 
these are some cards that when I first saw them went, well, I'm sure they'll find a place in EDH someday. And I think this is one of those cards that does. I've actually seen this a lot in the mono green Savala deck as well. It's Lupine Prototype. Before we get into this, I just want to say oh, something really? really quick. Yeah, it's Sorry. just that uh, this first category for the deck, big cheap creatures. Oh, right. Because of Greven, you want high power on the creature to draw the most amount of cards. And you want low CMC. You want it to cost very little so that you're efficiently drawing cards. You you know, if you just do a four mana, four, four creature, four mana, draw four cards is fine, but I think we can do better than that. And my threshold was I want at least five power or more, and I want it to cost at least three mana or less. Yeah, a lot of these creatures, too, for that value and that rate come with quote-unquote downsides. Right. Uh, and so if you're, like, playing just a nice five-mana 5-5, five, five, it may be a card that you don't want to sacrifice to grab in anyway. Right. Yeah, a lot of these creatures, you'll notice all of them have a fairly major downside. But again, because since you're going to be sacrificing the Negrevin, hopefully immediately you don't really care about the downside. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Lupine Prototype. Okay, Lupine Prototype. It's a two-mana 5-5. Five, five. That's all there has to be said about it. It's also like a wolf in a mech suit of sorts. It's pretty yes. sweet. It's pretty metal. He's a predator, just like Grevin. Uh, it's an artifact creature wolf construct. It's a 5-5. Lupine prototype can't attack or block unless a player has no cards in hand. But we really don't care about that in this deck at all, do we? Yeah, this is just a two-mana draw five, give Grevin plus five power. And which, lose five life, yeah. Which is a lot. If you get Grevin to 11, that's two hits. Mm-hmm. So it's very scary to hit somebody early on in the game for 10 because you're potentially one swing away the next time you hit him. And Grevin has Menace. Not to mention, too, you don't need to play the Lupine prototype out until, like, the turn you swing. And the same with a lot of these cards. You don't need to. And they're so cheap and efficient compared to what you're getting for them, too, that it sort of, it, it feels like, okay, Grevin doesn't seem that scary. What right. can they really do? And then, boom, you play a card that. You know, five power immediately seems pretty nice. Yeah, I, of these three, I think Lupine Prototype is the most safe to play early. Right. Um, these next two, you probably don't want to play them <laughs> until the turn you're actually swinging with Greven. So you'd want to play Greven first, then one of these next two, and then swing on the same turn and immediately sacrifice it because the downside of these is fairly real. The first one's a new card from M20. It's Rotting Regisaur, two and a black for a seven, six zombie dinosaur. So Sweet. three mana, draw seven, take six. I mean, that's an amazing rate. Yeah. Uh, Rotting Registrar does say, at the beginning of your upkeep, discard a card. It's not the worst. I mean, you could survive that for a couple of turns. But ideally, you're playing Greven on turn four or five. Then the next turn, play Registrar, immediately attack with Greven, sacrifice this thing, draw seven cards. Greven hits for 11. There also is a uh, something to be said about you know, you're already losing life in the deck. So having a, even if you did have to play the Rotting Registrar early and maybe and you lose one or two cards, it. bash people or at least hold it back as a blocker so yeah. that you're not, because you're going to be losing life with Greven already. So having some sort of something on the ground is nice. Uh, the next one's downside's even bigger. <laughs> yeah, because it's cumulative. It's yeah. Frexian Soul Gorger, three mana, eight, eight, snow artifact creature construct, has a cumulative upkeep of sacrifice a creature. So the first time it hits your upkeep with this out, you sacrifice one creature. Then the next time you sacrifice two creatures the first time if it if it things go horribly wrong and you have to pay that upkeep you're sacrificing it yeah yeah you're just getting that thing out of here yeah but three mana eight eight yeah that's huge three mana draw eight hit somebody for 13 with greven very very powerful very strong um there's a number of like i said we're not going to mention them all but if it cost three cmc or less and had at least five power or more than I considered it. And you want, a, you know, a handful of these in the deck just to have those. You think of them as card draw spells yeah. and pump spells for your commander. 
Yeah, that's interesting. It has the utility slot of both being card draw and all that, even though it doesn't say draw a card on its actual surface. And we did talk about in the, um, we did a commander, the breakdown of all the new commanders that episode, mm-hmm. and we talked about how, you know, this deck would want a lot of high power, low toughness creatures. And and that is something, there's like lightning scale elemental and that kind of thing. I, six one and all that, yeah. Yeah, because you draw six, only take one with cards right. like that. So those are definitely in there as well. Um the next category is utility upon death. So these are creatures that you're going to sacrifice the creatures so you can guarantee kill some of your creatures. And so you want stuff that when it dies, triggers. Right. Um, so the first one is a DJ, Jumbo Commander favorite. It's this vind- actually is an amazing card in the deck. Yeah, very good card. It's Vindictive Lich. It's three and a black for a 4-1. So that already fits close to, right? Mm-hmm. Like I said, I want three CMC or less, five power or more, but at the same time, because this has extra utility, it's doing what we want. It'll draw four cards while only take one damage. But Vindictive Lich says when it dies, you choose one or more, and each mode must target a different player. So there's three modes. Target opponent sacrifices a creature. Target opponent discards two cards. Eesh. Target opponent loses five life. You choose these and you point them at the different players at the table and you say, okay, you're going to lose five life, you're going to sacrifice a creature, you're going to discard two cards. If there's less than three players, you only get to choose two mm-hmm. of those. Very powerful. And because it's also really useful because the sacrifice a creature thing, when you attack with Greven, you sacrifice Vindictive Lich on the attack before blocks. Ah. And a lot of times you can get rid of a blocker, he has menace, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and be like, you sacrifice a creature, you lose five life, you discard two cards, and now I'm getting through and I'm drawing four cards. There's almost going to always be a good target for each of those, I, too, I yeah. feel, too. And, you know, it makes if you make someone lose five life and then Greven hits them for even more damage, that seems like it's advancing your game plan. Yeah. Uh, this one's pretty obvious, but it's great. It's Anger. It's three in a red. I, it's also foil, so kudos, Josh. <laughs> I did notice it's only in one sleeve, though, so, well. It, I just, it came from Karkin, and I put it right in there. I think the foil was only, like, a little bit more than regular. Usually, I'll, yeah. like, if the foil's, like, Eh, 80 cents more a dollar more i'm like i'll just take the foil yeah absolutely (laughs) and this was reprinted really recently uh it's three and a red for a two two with haste and it says as long as anger is in your graveyard and you control a mountain creatures you control have haste anger is much better in two color decks because you're going to have more mountains in general instead of a bunch of non-basic lands yep but yeah it hits the graveyard and then boom all of your other creatures have haste maybe even your phyrexian soul gorger yeah. Decide not to sacrifice. Yeah, you it. can actually swing with some of these creatures now. Yeah. yeah. Haste is really big on Grevin because people are going to want to remove it, especially you're going to have these turns where you're like, I hit you for 14. Yeah. And they're like, well, I kill that thing. And yeah. then if, if you got anger in your graveyard, they have to be scared the entire game for it because at any moment you play it and just immediately swing. The nice thing is, too, you're going to gain the cards on the attack. So if they do decide to remove Grevin, it's going to be before they decide where it goes. Or yeah. They know where it goes. Yep. So that actually gives you a little bit of value, too. Yeah, and draw two cards, you know, is fine for Anger to give you that effect. It's better than what I would consider, like, an enchantment that just goes out there and sits there. I'd much rather gain two cards off the card that did gives you, me haste. Did you find that you didn't want to alpha strike in such a way that people were immediately afraid of, oh, no, I could die next turn to that thing? Or maybe sort of put it in an increments and then out of nowhere hit them for the big one? It just depended, but I, I learned, I think, after the first couple of games to just get in damage when I could. Because mm-hmm. you're a Voltron deck and you just got to kind of embrace it. If yeah, you, you can't tr- really like pick and choose. If you try and play it more like a grindy deck, you're just going to lose with it. So I would be <laughs> just be like, if I can hit someone for 15, I'm just going to do it now. Uh, okay. And then if I had multiple choices, I would hit the scariest deck that mm-hmm. I thought. And, you know, if they if they decide to kill Grevin or whatever, I have some haste enablers and still ways to do stuff, right. uh, which we'll talk about later. Um, and if they don't, then a lot of times you're like, okay, knock you out onto the next person. Uh, this next card is also in the utility upon death category. It's a little mean, but super powerful. Mm-hmm. It's Mind Slicer. 
Two black black for a 4-3 horror. It says when Mind Slicer is put into a graveyard from play, so when it dies, yep. each player discards his or her hands. Ugh. Each player. That's you too. However, because you're sacrificing it to Greven, you stack the triggers where everybody discards their hand and then you draw the four cards off the Mind Slicer because it has four power. Right. Oh, gosh. So you end rough. up with four cards and everybody else has zero. <laughs> the table doesn't like you after that, but, you know, you're yeah. in a pretty commanding position. Also, you know, presumably gets rid of all their removal for Greven. So they're in big trouble when you do that. Yeah, that's actually a huge swing with Mind Slicer. Yeah. Um, this next card, you know, whenever you have the ability to sacrifice things, sometimes you want to steal things that you can then sacrifice. It's a classic thing to do in these colors. It's Zealous Conscripts, four in a red for a 3-3. Three, three. It has haste, and when Zealous Conscripts enters the battlefield, gain control of target permanent until end of turn. Untap that permanent, it gains haste until end of turn. So whether or not you're going to be sacrificing the Zealous Conscripts or someone else's creature, or if you, you can even just steal a land or like a, a mana rock sometimes, Zealous Conscripts just saying permanent is actually really, really really fun it has haste it's extra damage this card very powerful it's not really utility upon death i don't know why i put it in this maybe someone else's utility yeah but a lot of times somebody has like a scary creature and eldrazi or something Mm -hmm. and you're like take it sack it hit for a million it also takes a blocker you have menace yeah people have to you know you find out people are like oh i gotta hold back two blockers but a lot of times they don't you know want to hold back three if they don't have to and so a lot of times just taking one opens up an attack that wasn't there yeah uh very powerful the next category is Paying life. So you you don't only lose life when you sacrifice creatures, right? You can choose to pay life on a variety mm-hmm. of effects in red and black. And so that's a way to pump Greven, oftentimes at instant speed. Uh, and it's I found it not super difficult at multiple points in games to just be like, arbitrarily, I can make Greven kind of as big as I need to. And then you're just weighing, like, how much life do I want to pay? But a lot of times people know, like, if it gets through, it will hit me for 21 because you have (laughs) onboard ways to do it. And the first card is a classic. Yep. It's Necrobotans, black, black, black for an enchantment. You skip your draw step, and whenever you discard a card, exile that card from your graveyard because you can pay one life and exile the top card of your library face down, and then you put that card into your hand at the beginning of your next end step. So Necrobotans is one of those very, very powerful black cards that essentially allows you to draw as many cards as you have life. Uh, with the caveat that you are going to discard them into exile if you don't have a maximum or a minimum, if you don't have a like a reliquary tower or something on the board. But this is basically instant speed, pay a life, add a power to Greven. Yeah. So if you have, if you get Necropones out, everyone has to be able to deal with Greven, either block it, kill right. it, whatever, because you can instant speed pump it. You know, I'll draw 16 cards and Greven's at 21 power now. And, uh, yeah, it's super scary. If you ever get Necroprince out with Greven, and then the whole draw, table's like, oh, crap. And then this sort of accomplishes what having a creature sacrifice would be, which is you're going to draw a bunch of cards from Necroprince at the end of the turn. Yeah, it's very similar to, like, Phyrexian Soulguarder, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's more variable. I can choose more than eight or less than eight if I feel like it. Yeah, and this card is just so powerful by itself that it's very good to have in Commander. The next one is Wall of Blood. This is two in a black for a zero-two wall. You wouldn't think there would be uh, walls in a deck like this. <laughs> it has Defender, obviously. Walls can attack. It's But it says, pay one life. Wall of Blood gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. This is really good with Greven for two reasons. Oh, wow. You're right. Yeah, because first of all, you pay the life at instant speed to pump Greven. But you can also sacrifice the Wall of Blood to Greven to draw cards. So... This was one of the best cards in the deck for sure. And oftentimes, I'd be in a situation where it's like, Wall of Blood, Greven, attack you. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have blocks, maybe, because they because of the menace. And you go, okay, I'm going to pay nine life into this thing. <laughs> now it's a 9-11. I will sacrifice it to Greven, draw nine cards, take 11. So Greven's got 25 power now. 
That's insane. Yeah. Also, I just took 20 damage, yeah. but... but Maybe you knocked someone out in the process. Yeah, I did definitely knock multiple people out that way. Those are my commander damage. Um, wins were mostly wall of blood. Yeah. Because you can play at the same turn you do that, too. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. they're like staring at Grevin, and they're like, okay, well, as long as, you know, I might get hit once, but I'm probably not going to die. So I'll play out my cultivate mm-hmm. you know and you're like okay okay you know, well here it comes well, here we go boom boom draw a million yes yeah. i'm at 20 now but you're dead yeah i mean when looking up these cards you can just go into gather and just type the words pay one life uh, as part of the text and you will find all the cards that have the ability to do that or pay three life in this next case which is actually one of my favorite cards of all time it's treasonous ogre from conspiracy Three and a red for a two three with dethrone. So if it attacks a creature or a player with the most life or tied for the most life, you put a plus one plus one counter on it. Maybe slightly relevant for Grevin. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, you can pay three life to add one red mana to your mana pool. So this also ramps you a little bit mm-hmm. at a very steep price. Three life for one mana is a lot. But with Grevin, he's loving it. And a lot of times, again, you're just like, oh, I just need three extra damage to KU, KO somebody. Yeah. That'll give it to you. Also... This deck, we're going to talk about it a little later, it runs some equipment and stuff, and a lot of times just playing for those one or two extra to be able to equip. You know those turns where you're like, oh, if I could just equip this, yeah. the whole turn's different. Well, Treasonous Ogre solves those problems for you. Definitely had turns where I'm like, pay 15 life, get five extra mana, you know, allow me to win the game with Treasonous Ogre. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a super powerful card. The next one is an oldie but a goodie. It's from Ice Age. It's Fire Covenant. I don't think I've ever seen this card before in my life. <laughs> I hadn't seen it since I was a kid <laughs> when I was looking around for cards, and I was like, Ice well. Age was the first set I played. I don't even remember <laughs> seeing this thing. And it's a dragon. I should have seen it. It's Yeah, it's got a it's, it's got an icy-looking dragon on it. It's one <laughs> black and a red for a sorcery. Again, it's called Fire Covenant. It deals... Instant. Oh, sorry. For an instant. Why is even it sorcery? Better. Yeah. Fire Covenant deals X damage divided any way you choose among any number of target creatures where X is the equal to the amount of life you pay. Oh, my goodness. And it says, effects that prevent or redirect damage cannot be used to counter this loss of life. So at instant speed, this is a they don't see it coming. Mm-hmm. Kill three creatures, kill you. Also, because of the menace, and I keep saying that is very powerful on Grevin, you can attack and then before blocks, use Fire Covenant to both pump Grevin and get any potential blockers out of the way. Yeah, and you can choose any amount for X. Yeah. So if you want to, you just pay X life, pay 40 life, and die immediately if you wanted to. <laughs> you can. But you can also overkill a creature just to pump Grevin. So you're mm-hmm. like, oh, what are you at? 16. All right. You've got two two twos. I'm still going to hit each yeah. of them for, you know, what is that? Uh, six. Yeah. Grevin's a 17, 17. Now you're dead. That's super intense. Yeah. Also, this dragon does not look like he's very happy. Well, he's in the Ice Age, and he's a red dragon. I would be not happy, too. I know. He's like, I'm cold. He's like, it's cold, you guys. (laughs) The next card is one that's been very widely discussed, as well as hyped from the last set. Potentially, I think, the most hyped card of the entire thing. I think it's the most expensive new card, right, as far as price. It would make sense, as the power level is, it's up there. I think Um, it's the most powerful new card, too. Yeah. People are comparing this to Grizzlebrand. Yeah. So, it's Crick, Son of Yogmoth, four, and then three Phyrexian mana, so you can play black, 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 or black, black, two life, or any combination of that. It has lifelink, it's a two, two, and for each black mana in a cost, you may pay two life rather than pay that mana. So basically, every single spell that has a black pip in the casting cost now can be a Phyrexian mana. And, that's and just, all activated abilities and everything, too. Right. So that's just a really interesting way of templating it. Uh, whenever you cast a black spell, put a plus one, plus one counter on Crick, Son of Yogmoth. More importantly, all your spells are a lot cheaper. Necropotence just becomes six, six life. life. Which also pumps Grevin. Yeah. Because you paid life. Also, Crick has lifelink. And one of the things we're going to talk about 
soon is that <laughs> How your life die. total really matters. Yeah. So Crick is just like amazing in this deck, and he's one of, again one of the best cards. Only costs four mana because you play right. Always pay the life almost attack with Greven for that much more. Very powerful. And the next card we're going to talk about, if you get the two of them together, it's almost instant win. It's crazy. It's Villas, Broker of Blood. Five black, black, black. So eight mana for an 8-8 eight, eight flying demon, legendary. But it says you can pay a black, pay two life. Target creature gets negative one, negative one until end of turn. And whenever you lose life, draw that many cards. So with Crick, you pay four life, put a negative one counter on something, and draw four cards. And also pump Greven by four. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, that seems very nice. Maybe Villas is closer to Grizzle Band than Crick is. But together, boy, what, a, what an adventurous duo these guys are. Someone make a show about them. <laughs> yeah. It's both just extremely powerful. If you can get even one of them out, you're in great shape. But both is crazy. Well, if you get Crick out, you can play Villas the next turn For because five. it just costs five mana. Yeah. yeah. Um, Font of Agonies is next. It's a black mana for an enchantment. Whenever you pay life, put that many blood counters on Font of Agonies. So that's very, very good with all of these cards we just talked about. And you can pay one in the black to remove four blood counters from Font of Agonies and destroy target creature. So this is pseudo-removal, and it works very, very well with the entire idea of losing life. And it's repeatable, right? Because you don't sacrifice the Font of Agonies when you do it. So you're like, you know, Crick, Treasonous Ogre, Necropotent Swallow of Blood, whatever, puts a bunch of counters on Font of Agonies, and now you use mana to repeatedly activate that ability with Crick because right. it pays the black mana with Phyrexian, which puts two more counters on the front of Agony. It gets nuts. Yeah, a lot of times these cards will say put one blood counter on this or whatever, but this is put that many. So if you pay four life, you get four blood counters and immediately can use that to kill a creature, which is great. Again, menace, very important. Yeah, one of the ways blockers. people con- try to combat this deck is having enough creatures to block, and even token decks can't keep up with some of this stuff like Fire yeah. Covenant and things. Fire Covenant's so good against a token deck. Uh, and then... We're still in paying that life, and I just wanted to mention life, or sorry, uh, pain land, fetch land, shock land, talisman. These are ways to lose life. Mm-hmm. And one of the great things is playing Bloodstained Mire a little bit later, and then using it at instant speed when you attack with Greven to pay the life for the fetch, pay the life for the shock. Right. It's three Pump damage Greven right by there. three that they didn't really see coming, and that is a way to just... That matters because you're trying to get to 21. So just a little bump extra can give you just enough so that it's, it reduces the clock by an entire turn. So I like the fact that like you can sort of trickily play your lands. Even mm-hmm. the pain land can just be sitting out there and you just, I don't know, I'm just going to add a red, take one, so that it's 11 damage instead of 10, which means you're dead next turn rather than two turns from now. Yeah, Graven actually shares a lot with the Marchesa deck that I have because it's all about life management and trying to get other people so you can dethrone them. And it's great to have the Pain Lands in there and even the Talismans that, yep. well, there's there's only one that works in these color combinations, but the ones that won't, you know, take a damage every single time you use it. Take a damage. Um, all right, before we move on, we're going to talk about um, how to get Graven through, how to, you know, win out of nowhere. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break and hear a message from our sponsors. Today's episode is also brought to you by Audible, which has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet. We've always been proponents of reading on the show, and this is a way to make that process all the easier for podcast listeners who are always on the go. Yeah, right now, I've been getting ready for the newest installment in a book series that I really enjoy. I'll be talking about it on the instep, too. I'm catching back up on Pierce Brown's Red Rising series. He's got a new sequel out. It's called Dark Age. I'm very excited about it. And if you want to listen to that right now, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial of Audible, and there are zero commitments, so you can cancel anytime you want. 
To sign up, just visit audible.com slash command, or you can text the word command to 500-500 to get started right now. If you're already listening to podcasts, Audible is an easy addition to your routine. It's compatible on most devices, and you can sign up right now to get a free audiobook with your 30-day trial. So head on over to audible.com slash command or text command to 500-500 and get listening. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. I saw all the, oh, I don't care crap. A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are back. Okay, so now that Grevin is all pumped up and a, a big buff boy like Josh over here, maybe that's why he made this deck. <laughs> He's, He's all power, gym. no toughness, too, so it's like all upper body, and I hate <laughs> leg day. He skips so, leg day, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're feeling it, too. You're losing life for it. Um, now the question is, how do you guarantee or make sure that he gets through for the damage that you're trying to, to smack people with? Yeah, because the last thing you want, pay a bunch of life, and Grevin's like big, and you're like, who can I attack? Everyone's got blockers. Yeah. Crap. Or there's yeah. like a single death toucher that's just like, yeah. hello. <laughs> <laughs> so first up, we got Vorak Battlehorns. It's a two-mana artifact equipment. It says, equipped creature has trample, and this may be the best equipment in the deck. Can't be blocked by more than one creature, which is a fun interaction with Menace, because Menaces can only be blocked by two or more creatures, and if you add something to that creature that says can't be blocked by more than one creature... They become uh, unblockable. Unblockable. Yeah, the Vorak Battlehorns. It might be the best equipment in the deck. It just straight up, and it's cheap. Yeah, one to equip, two to put out there. And trample. Trample's huge. Yeah, trample's really, really big. So, uh, wait, no, there's no trample on the card, right? Equip creature has. Oh, trample. it has trample. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the trample doesn't matter just because. Oh, yeah, you're right. Actually, they can't block it. <laughs> well, maybe you put this on your Phyrexian Soul Gorger. Yeah, you know what? That is a valid point. I'd say there are point in times because people do want to kill Grevin, where like there was a. I know I had a game where Rotting Register was just swinging away just rotting away yeah and if it had trample it would have been a lot better so yeah yeah, yeah. um the next card is shizo death storehouse which is a legendary land it taps for black mana or you can pay a black and tap it and target legendary creature gains fear until end of turn Ooh. so if they don't have black creatures out or artifact creatures you can just swing with grevin so that's a pseudo unblockable mm-hmm. yeah yeah fear intimidate all of these sort of older keywords we don't see anymore essentially can amount to unblockable in a lot of situations Next up, Teamer Battle Rage. Now, do you want to talk about why you put combat tricks in here? Because Grevin can draw so many cards. Right. Usually, you don't want combat tricks because they're one-off effects and they're, you know, 
card disadvantage, quote unquote. Yeah. But you're not worried about cards. Seriously, when you play this deck, you just have tons of cards all the time because you often just, oh, I drew seven this turn. Pretty sick. Yeah. Team Morale Rage is an instant for one in a red, and target creature gains double strike until end of turn. And it has the ferocious subtext, which means that the creature also gains trample if you control a creature with power four or greater, which Graven already is. So, boom, double strike trample, pump him up to 20, pump him up to 12, one shot someone. Yep. It just gets people out of nowhere because it's not on the table. It's in your hand. People aren't mm-hmm. used to combat tricks like that in Commander. So oftentimes they're calculating based on, I have two blockers. Yes, it's got Menace. I'll just chump block. I won't die. Yeah. And I then you're like, get how much this. toughness is that? And they're like, six. And you're like, okay, well, <laughs> you know, yeah. He's a 15-15 now, so I'll team her Battle Rage, and I'll still get through for 24. Jeez. Yeah. Um, sometimes it can be hard to attack. People got propagandas and other things like that. And there are some ways around that in the deck. And, uh, this one is a classic. It's fling one and a red for an instant as an additional cost to cast fling, sacrifice a creature fling deals damage equal to the sacrifice creatures power to target creature or player. So you just throw Grevin at somebody sometimes. (laughs) Seems like just like a, this is how I will have to win this game, right? Yeah. Sometimes people just have walls up or you know you play i played against a titania deck that had like 50 elementals oh wow you know and it was okay i have to kill them this turn but i'm never they're just going to stack block with everything and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter i can't make it big enough for even team or team or battle rage to get through that and your life total is obviously at risk too if you try yeah, to do they're going to attack with the elementals next turn and just kill me yeah so what do i do yeah you can you can get out of that situation with a fling maybe by just like oh i play my wall of blood or my necropotence I pump it right. by, you know, what are you at? You're at 30. Okay, I pay 25 life. I throw, fling, I fling him at you. Yeah, very rarely do we see fling in commander decks, but this does seem like a really good fit for it. Uh, the deck does have some potential to win out of nowhere, to win from nowhere, and there's a couple of cards that allow you to do that. So I did have one game I won where there's no way I should have been able to, but with this combination, you can take it. Uh, Craig would be proud. Craig would be proud. If you're listening or watching, you already know where we're going. It's straight to Phyrexia. It's Tainted Strike. Black man for an instant. One of my pet cards. Target creature gets plus one, plus O, and gains infect until end of turn. So you only need 10 infect damage to kill someone. So that's 11 less than commander damage. Oftentimes, you know, I I could even see using this in in the early, early game just Mm -hmm, to get mm -hmm. one person out very quickly. It's a little mean. I don't like, like, I'm a spread the damage around kind of person. This yeah. is not the deck for that. <laughs> However, we, I had two games over this weekend. One, somebody played Vornclex, and I was like, okay, well, now I feel totally fine tainted striking you because <laughs> you played a jerk card for jerks, as Mel Lee would say. I don't think that person's a jerk. They played a, it's fine to play Vornclex. But if you're yeah, going to play that, if you're going to play that level of card, I think it's also fine for you to die to poison. Yeah. Um, and there was another one where a guy tried to combo out and we managed to stop it with like two instant speed removal spells. And I was like, well, that deck is very scary. You're yep. dead now with Tainted yeah. Strike. Um, and then you can combine Tainted Strike with the next card and then you can kill everybody all at once. So Chandra's Ignition is a sorcery, three red, red. Target creature you control deals damage equal to its power to each other creature and each opponent. Mm. So if you can give Grevin Infect pump at least five of your life into it so it's got 10 power then you chandra's ignition that'll kill everybody also you often just with necropotence out you can just be like oh i'll just deal 20 to everyone yeah which will often win the game later and this kills every other creature too yeah. so that's great so a lot of times you chandra's ignition and then attack the last person so let's say it's a little bit later in the game everyone's down to mm-hmm. the mid 20s you go okay some way i'm gonna pay a bunch of life into grevin 
Chandra's Ignition that kills two of the players, gets rid of all the blockers, and then I attack the final player. Nice. That's something that can happen. So definitely one of my wins was Chandra's Ignition this, this deck weekend. This seems sweet, Josh. <laughs> okay, so we've been talking about a lot of ways to do cool stuff, but so much of it uh, requires you to pay life. And I knew this would be a thing with the deck, but I think this is the number one area that I I, I, I need to tweak. It needs yeah. more. So the next section is what I call living the life. You need to live. You need life. You need to gain life back. Yep. Uh, what happens is you get down to a low life total, like single digit life totals, and now you can't play. You can't even play Wall of Blood. It does nothing. You can't. Necroportals yeah. doesn't help you. Font of Agonies, Crick, all these spells. You have all this stuff in your deck that's just turned off. So if your life total gets too low and you have no way to gain life back, you're you find yourself, I can't even sacrifice creatures because that will kill me. Um, yep. So the deck's just not doing anything at that point. So you need life gain uh, effects. Now, we're going to talk about the four best ones I have in there right now, but I want to say I'm going to put this deck list up as is right now, but but we probably want two or three more of life gain effects in the deck. That was my biggest takeaway from the weekend was, oh, I, I need more of this. I probably need, you know, 60% more than I've got. Yeah, it feels like Grevin's one of those cards that can lose life extremely quickly. Yes. Like, within two turns, you could be losing 20, 30, even 35, close to your entire life total, right? You can do that to yourself. Never mind that it's it, it looks scary and people will hit you. And that's yeah. one of the factors I didn't really factor in is like, oh, I hit somebody for 15. They crack back on me for six. That's significant because that's yeah. six less life I have to spend. And now, all of a sudden, when I do my thing, I'm at seven, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, the first up is, and again, one of the reasons that these kinds of decks are really fun to build and make is tons of the cards are commons and really easy to get. Rush of Vitality. It's one and a black for an instant. Target creature gets plus one, plus oh, and gains a lifelink and indestructible until end of turn. So it's also a Protect My Commander spell. And people will try and remove Grevin. So I like this for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think these one-off lifelink spells are actually fine. I found this card to be very, very good. Because a lot of times you're like, I have... No problem with cards in hand. So I don't mind using a card that just says gain me 20 life. Yeah. And because with like Wall of Blood or something like that, those turns, Treasonous Ogre, those turns are like pay 15, pay 20 life, hit yeah. somebody, knock them out. But there's still two more players. If on that same turn you gain all the life back, you're fine. Now you can do that again. I would almost be looking at these life gain cards as a way to not draw cards necessarily, but ha- have other cards be available to you right so with rush of vitality maybe three cards in your hand suddenly work right again so it almost drew you three cards yeah so the card disadvantage doesn't matter as much yeah i yeah. like that way of looking at it uh the next one is whip of erebos it is two black Watch. black for a legendary artifact enchantment creatures you control have lifelink that's mm-hmm. the big part of the card but it also has relevant text you can pay two black black tap and uh tap the whip and return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield it gains haste and then you exile it at the beginning of the next end step. If it would leave the battlefield, exile it instead of putting it anywhere else. And you can only activate Whip as a sorcery. But it does allow you to give Grevin Lifelink, mm-hmm. the main thing, but also bring back Mind Slicer, bring back Rotting Registor, sacrifice it again to Grevin. Right. Or attack with it if you just yeah, want to get an extra life, damage. They have Lifelink. Yeah, exactly. So huh. it, it's very versatile and a really good, you know, really good card in the deck. Yeah, that's nice. And if everyone's focusing on removing Grevin, having another card get in for an extra eight life seems pretty relevant. Next up, Loxnum Warhammer. This card is just a beating. It's a three-mana equipment that costs three to equip, so a bit expensive. But equipped creature gets plus three, plus oh, has trample and sort of old-school lifelink. Whenever this creature deals damage, you gain that much life. 
the trample is really relevant. Yeah. That's a way that you can just guarantee you're going to get damage in, pay a little extra life. You're not as scared to pay life. Plus three, plus O, oh, too. That's that's a lot of power. Yeah, definitely had turns with Wall of Blood, Necropotence, where you're like, yep, swing in for 30. Not, you only have this much blockers, knocks you out, gain 30 life back. <laughs> So at that, that point, same turn, at that you're point, like, you're I go just, to six. I go back to thirty-six. You're just unbeatable at that point. It feels like <laughs> you just—it's just like, oh my gosh, the 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 mini game we were playing against this boss is now reset. Right. I like the old school lifelink um, on it, uh, just because it reminds me of the old days. So yeah. that's also a plus. Does that double up if you have a lifelink creature they, and that as well? We'd have to ask a judge, but I think what happened is the new versions of Locks on Warhammer just say gives it lifelink. So I ah, think okay. it got oracled. So yeah, because. If it did, then it would double up with lifelink, which is not fair. Uh, (laughs) Because otherwise, you could equip it with this next card and then get double life back, which, yeah, it doesn't seem right. It's a Basilisk Caller, one mana, for an equipment. It says equip creature. Oh, sorry, two to equip. Mm -hmm. Equip creature gets death touch and lifelink. Pretty nice. Everything you want. The lifelink is that powerful. Um, Okay, so let's talk about really quick one of the pitfalls of the deck, and this is the other... um, category that i might flesh out or change a couple of things about the deck so smart players that especially imagining playing this in our play group mm-hmm. they're going to learn how it works it's the kind of deck that the first time you play it it kind of surprises you does some stuff you're not ready for second time maybe two but by the third fourth time you know what makes it tick and you know the moments at which it's the most vulnerable right and you can really start to pick it apart so people are going to remove grevin a lot a lot after they learn about this deck, and they might really hurt you by doing it. Imagine if, you know, Rotting Regisaur is out and they don't even let you go to attacks, kill Grevin. Yeah. Now you're discarding cards, you know, every turn. So you need to protect yourself against that scenario. And right now in the deck, I have, you know, a card we've uh, featured on game nights. (laughs) It's Imp's Mischief. It's one in a black for an instant. It says, change the target of target spell with a single target. So you misdirect something. You lose life equal to that spell's converted mana cost. Again, losing life in this deck is something you want to do, but because you're worried about pinpoint instant speed removal specifically, mm-hmm. this is very good of like, you know, uh, I'm going to take your removal spell, point it at something else, Grevin doesn't die, I lose life, he's a little bit bigger. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like really smart removal will definitely get you in a bad spot because yeah. all of a sudden you're stuck with bad creatures or your commander costs nine to cast now. Also, there are a lot of really important cards in here that you would want to remove on site. Like Crick and Villas are both cards that need to go yeah when they hit the battlefield and a lot of times they might do it right after you paid a bunch of life like imagine right. you're like oh okay oh, i'll gosh. pay nine life into wall blood they're like kill kill grevin oh no <laughs> <laughs> well i have a great blocker yeah and I'm, and I'm supposed to be attacking yeah so imps mischief very powerful and i would consider more cards that help you in this realm so mm-hmm. defense grid is a card that makes spells uh, cost more when they're not played on your turn for right. all for all the players um price of glory one of jimmy's favorites disincentivizes tapping mana during other people's turns because you sacrifice those lands. You can't see my face, but it's not happy about it. <laughs> War's Toll uh, <laughs> means whenever you tap one of your mana, you kind of have to tap all of it. So yep. it means it makes it harder to hold mana open. Um, Doesn't that also make people attack into you? Yes, if you attack with one creature, I think you have to attack with yeah. them all. So that leaves less blockers up or whatever. Uh, Reroute is a another red misdirection type spell. There's Wild Ricochet. I don't want 50 of that effect. I want an additional two or three. Yeah, and you said you're getting, you're drawing so many cards here Yeah, that you're going to have at least one of them in hand. And sometimes, I mean, honestly, sometimes it there's only one removal spell in the circle, right. in, a, in the, the rotation of the table, and you just need to get around, get around one. Very often, it's pretty obvious who's going to have the most open 
like board state for you to attack mm-hmm. into and the other two players are like well you're definitely attacking that person so i don't have to worry about it and that one person is like i'm gonna leave some mana open to deal with it right and so yeah that's why there's often only one it's rare that two of your opponents are not sure which of them you're going to come at and are holding answers open right yeah uh, i might also put like maybe a sack outlet in this deck at least one maybe creature based like a viscera seer yeah something there's a high market to... and some oh, stuff okay. like that Great. yeah fling is works as that too yeah yeah so that they can't steal your kit and high market gains you some life yeah, um, yeah, because they could steal Grevin and then you're hurting. Homeward yeah. Path could maybe go in this deck. I don't have it right now, but it's possible. Um, so yeah, the deck is super fun, really explosive. Uh, I, I liked playing it at the GP a lot because a lot of people are trying to get games with us, and I don't like to play two-hour-long games in that yeah, scenario. totally. And this is really a deck that um, incentivizes fast games it's going to hit for a lot of damage it's going to hurt itself so it's going to take a lot of damage Mm -hmm. so you're vulnerable to being killed you're able to kill people and it's all happening you know before turn 15 for sure it's like it's pretty early like a lot of 40 minute games wow classic red player josh over here i know it's crazy jeez what what (laughs) happened in vegas man (laughs) well whatever happened there is going to stay there actually that's not true because we are going to move on <laughs> it's not man. staying there. Yeah, we are going to be talking about Magic Fest Vegas. Uh, we just got back last weekend, um, and we're just going to sort of cover some of the things that happened, our our thoughts, and mostly our excitement. I had a blast. It was one of I think my favorite, if not my favorite, GP Vegas, Magic Fest Vegas I've ever been to. Yeah, sorry if we call it GP. We may revert to old habits. Um, GP just sounds good too. Yeah, Magic Fest <laughs> is just a mouthful. I agree. I think. Was it the most fun Vegas ever? It was definitely, yeah, I think it was. So if you don't know, this Magic Fest, this GP, the first time they've ever done this at one of the Channel Fireball GP events, they had a huge section that was sectioned off. It was color-coded. All the tables were orange, and it was the command zone, and that was the area for commander players to be able to go in and play. And, you know, in the past, if you want to play commander, we were kind of nomads, Yeah. right? The way that it worked is you would just have to find open tables. A lot of times those tables are just not occupied right now, but at any moment a side event could fire. The judge could come and be like, hey, you guys got to move. We're going to put a draft here. Or you'd be off on the sides. They'd had some round tables near the food, but you're technically in the food eating area. Uh, And so... It was we also were, hard to find people that way. We would yeah. tweet out, like, we're at table 1579, and you walk into that hall, you're like, oh, boy, this is going to take a second. Yeah, so this gave an area for all the commander players to congregate, and you could just play commander. And it was the first GP I've ever been at where I, the whole weekend I, nobody asked me to move so something else could go there. I just right. played all the games. It was amazing. Yeah, it was great. Every time someone asks, hey, where are you going to be? I'm just like, go to the command zone. I will be there. Uh, they also were running events there. So if you were, uh, there were like two different, you could get a day pass or a four-day pass. But coolly enough, that's, coolly? That's, nah, that's not a good sentence. <laughs> <laughs> you got a foil soul ring promo. Oh, yeah. uh, so the value was instantly there. I think vendors were buying it for, for $100. Like, yeah, a lot. So like, if you want to, you could just buy the four-day pass, sell the promo, and then make your money back immediately, um, which I know a lot of Magic players are always about that value. Um, also, yeah. you keep the soul ring and put it in your deck because it's sweet. Yeah, it's totally sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I really like that. But you were about to say, I think, that there were multiple ways to play. So there was, yeah. first of all, they had a competitive side mm-hmm. of the uh, command zone area, casual side. They also, you could get paired up in like actual... Uh, Ticketed. A- events. So like a yeah. side event almost. So you go up and you say, oh, I want to, you know... I want a pod. Sp- yeah, playing an actual pod. And they would... And for those, you'd get tickets. You'd get a, a foil land. Mm-hmm. And then you... This was the way that Jimmy and I and a lot of... Um, 
sort of commander community content creator type people were able to just randomly get paired with a bunch of people. And so I would queue up, you know, three or four times every day just because that gave people a, a random chance to get into games with us yeah and then those tickets were great value too they had a huge prize wall um i know a ton of people that just through commander events only were able to get boxes or oversized cars all sorts of stuff so you know kudos i think it was a really really great idea it was implemented well it was executed well the team that did it and everyone that was working there did a great job facilitating the games you had little buzzers and all that stuff so you knew when your pods were up and i think this was gavin's idea originally yeah yeah we got brought in at some point in the process as far as like they wanted to use the name and they wanted us to come but yeah it, a, a lot of people thought this was our idea we sent we were like that's a good idea yeah. but it was not our idea yeah, yeah. we facilitated <laughs> being there for the idea yeah. but Oof. we the the logistics and playing and all that stuff the the hats go off to other people uh there was also the commander 2019 party so on friday night there's normally a quote-unquote vip party at gps mm-hmm. which is like a a lot of the content creators and pros and stuff go to, and you can pay extra to attend. This year, in lieu of that, they did, because it was timed up with the Commander 2019 release, they did a a really big party, which was, you bought tickets to the party, and then you got, they had food, they had uh, a panel, but mostly you got a free random pre-con deck from Commander 2019, and just tons of tables, and you could play again with whoever was in the room, which we were all there, and yeah. a lot of content creators Sleeves, were there. Sleeves, deck boxes, uh, and you got a Commander 2019 pre-con. Just yep. in the door, and you could sit down anywhere and play with people. Uh, you also got a non-foil soaring promo. So yep. there's, again, a, a really fun event. Um, there was a lot of people. The yeah, line was crazy. It was like 500 people or something. We'll show some of the footage here, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. Josh, what did you do, Josh, when you got your commander deck? This is I cracked up when you told me this. <laughs> oh, this was my favorite part of the whole party, yeah. So we got in there, um, and we you're sleeving your deck real quick. As soon as I had mine sleeved, I just grabbed it, and I just held it up, and I was like, who wants to battle? And I just... <laughs> start walking i'm like who wants to battle me i was like just yelling it and people were like coming over I was like right here you know so i just got the first uh three people that could jump at a table with me and it was tons of fun yeah that was great i walked around a bit too and everyone seemed like there was again we saw this when we played the pre-cons ourselves there was very little like mana screw people all everyone seemed to be doing something so oh, yeah. that, was, that was good to see that the, the decks are built well so no one was stuck in a bad situation and you were on a panel that happened during yeah, that me glenn jones and gavin got up there and it was super loud so only the people that are sitting like directly in front of us could hear us but gavin and glenn talked about a lot of the sort of their thoughts going into the design we yeah they designed Commander 2019 yeah so that was great to hear glenn uh old friend of the podcast used to also be on the master of the modern podcast yep. uh, and gavin of course a very very old friend has been on game that's a couple of times now yeah so uh not just at that party but in the command zone area there was a ton of commander community members content creators yeah uh, we're gonna read down some of the list here uh, how are we going to do this? I don't know. One at a time. There was DJ from Jumbo Commander. There were the Spike Feeders. Loading Ready Run. Sam from Ristic Studies. The EDH Rec cast. Including Donald Miner, who created EDH Rec. Commander Cookout. Commander Social. Commander In. Commander Central. MTG Alchemy. Commander Clash. That's uh, Krim, the Asian Avenger, and Saffron Olive. And also Jeremy Knoll and some of the guys from Commander Versus. Game Nights. Us. Yeah, <laughs> but there also, was a lot of the, the game nights that have been on the show, so yeah. just read all of them. Yeah, Craig, Vinny, Kyle Hill, Megan and Maria, Kessler and Bateman, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, Gabby Sparts, Ben Stark, Cedric Phillips, Rachel Agnes, Kenji, Numat the Nummy, Olivia Gobert Hicks, MTG Nerd Girl, Ashlyn Rose, a bunch of cosplayers as well. Yeah, Nissa Cosplay was there, Tappy Toe Claws, uh, a bunch of people from Watsi, 
Gavin Verhey, Glenn Jones, who we talked about already, Scott Larrabee, who is on the Rules Committee and is also uh, works for Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course, we had almost, I think the entire Command Zone team was there. So yeah. Ashlyn, of course, we already mentioned, and Craig, but we also had Murph, Terry, and Jake. So a ton of people from the community. Sorry to anybody that we missed, but... Yeah, we sort of typed this up yesterday. I put in like three, four, five, and now Josh went and flushed it out. But I'm sure we missed tons of people, but... It was great seeing everyone there at the parties, at the command zone, playing games with everyone. It was a blast. Gambling afterwards. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Playing craps. (laughs) We had big groups. We had a group of like 20 people playing craps at the plaza that night. We we took the whole table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had people from across the pond dancing, all those guys. Oh, yeah. Spice 8 Rack. Sorry, we didn't mention him. Connor was there too, hanging out with us a little bit. Uh, Yeah, Vince Pleasant Kenobi, another one that we hung out with a lot. Okay, I'm glad you said that so I didn't forget them. Um, Okay, let's talk about the, the commander itself, the gameplay. Yeah. So, I think you said this, and I was the same way. This is the first GP Magic Fest, whatever, that I've been at where I played Commander only. Yeah, we I did one charity Battle Bond event. Yeah. And I didn't play any drafts or anything. It was Commander. I think I played almost 30 games of Commander over the four days, mm-hmm. like a ton of Commander. And um, my biggest takeaway from the whole thing is man, this format is so healthy. Yeah, every game seemed really balanced. All the players I played with, everyone's mentalities were really positive. Um, and you could tell that everyone also, like, they wanted to make an effort to make it fun for themselves as well as the rest of the table. And it could be the sort of the convention atmosphere or that they're playing with someone that they want to play with. But for the most part, even just looking around, smiles all around, occasional yelps of victory and all that stuff. But in my games, I didn't see anyone do anything that was, like, like whoa whoa that was kind of weird or strange right. or like kind of rude but everyone was just there to have fun and you could tell that that was in- integral to the actual commander format because uh we actually went to like the mini judge celebration and yep, sort yep. of like the thing at the end and they were saying we had so many hard cases this weekend so many really like high tempers flared up because of you know it's tournament magic yeah. at, at the rest of the the magic fest but in the command zone, I was like, there's none of that here nope everyone's just looking to have fun there I love what you said which is they not only want themselves to have fun, they actually are actively trying to help other people have fun. So much camaraderie. I saw so many cool decks, so many interesting builds. Yeah. I rare, I didn't see a, you know, in Tournament Magic, you're going to see Hogak all weekend, or mm-hmm. you're going to see the same things. That is not the case. Everything, I was like, what? I saw a Morophon all tribes deck that was sweet. <laughs> yeah. Like, somebody's like, I'm attacking with a dragon that's also a goblin and a, sh- and a uh, sliver and a vampire. And so it's this. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? The deck was sweet. Uh so I, I just think Commander is just in such a great place right now. It's it's killing it. It's killing it. I think the power level discussion before each game went very, very well. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that a lot of people are having that conversation beforehand. I would sit down and people would be like, ah, oh, I've got about a six, like right off. And everybody would be like, okay, six, I'll pull out mine. Mine is around a seven. Is that okay? Yep. Yeah. You know? And we would look at each other's commanders and be like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Or like, what kind of deck is like, so it's, it's not fully powered up. They're like, yeah, yeah, definitely not. It's like a pre-con plus a few things. We're like, okay, cool. Great. Yeah. Almost 30 games. I'd say I had two games where the power level disparity was a little bit off, where mm-hmm. one person like comboed out a little earlier. That's batting like 92 or 93%, which I think is yeah. it's like better than the seatbelt. So I think I'm, I played like 18 games or so, and I only got mana screwed once, so that's great. That's really good. Yeah, that's good. So I just think the system is working, is what I get from that. Yes, yeah. you know, every once in a while, somebody would sort of misestimate uh, the power of their deck or whatever, but that seemed to be much the um, the exception and not the rule. Overall, most of the time, people were trying to get in good games with similar power level decks, and I really love that and just thought that... Like, what a great community. Yeah, it was great seeing the diversity of the community there as well. Um, 
just the types of people you would meet at the commander tables. And again, I didn't really wander around the rest of the event, so I'm sure it could have been there as well. But it seems like Magic as a whole is growing. And Commander especially, I think we can now officially say that it's the most popular format in Magic. I think Gavin even said it at the panel at the um, the Commander 2019 party that they had. There was 1,200 people that signed up for the full four-day passes wow. for the Command Zone area, which was bigger than either main event. <laughs> Okay. That doesn't even that's, count the people that showed up and bought the one-day passes. That, that is straight-up confirmation. And if you looked at it, if you just looked with your eyes at yep. that area and compared it to the other areas, it was bigger, more full, more active, I think, than even the large-scale tournaments they were holding. So, yeah. Yeah. A pretty, would, pretty big coming-out party, I'd say, for Commander. Yeah. I would forewarn, don't, don't do the whole Commander players, we have more fun thing anytime soon, even if it's true because all formats of magic are fun yeah listen i'm not yeah we don't want to dump on anybody else i just think commander is in such a great spot and it was fun to celebrate that yeah. this weekend um yeah that's it that's well it. do you have any do you have any memories from the event specifically any single things that you want to talk about or uh yeah there was one really special moment where gavin and i drafted battle bond and then <laughs> beat josh and adam savadan uh why did i bring this up <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the most special moment was, I mean, like, it was so great seeing, like, the influence that Game Nights has had. How many Vidalkin Orries did we sign over oh, the weekend, man, Josh? I'm sorry to the universe. I must have, it was like every time I... I felt I, like I signed 30. Yeah. At I, least. Yeah, I want to say 50 or more. One guy had to sign a Masterpiece Soul Ring. Oh, that was insane. I wouldn't have signed it if there wasn't already your yeah, name like, on it. I saw, like, three other names. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I get it. It's He's already ruined. Everyone. <laughs> it's already ruined. I don't, if I was the first one, I would have been like, no, dude. Yeah. <laughs> But it was a really cool, I mean, like, it was cool seeing, like, you know, I've seen this before at VidCon and other content creation and, like, you know, things that creators are elevated to another status of, like, wow, you guys really do give us something that we really appreciate. And so I want to get your signature. I want right. to get a picture with you. Uh, but Magic, I don't think it had hit that crux, that point of that mm -hmm. until this year, maybe last year. I wasn't there last year. But it really felt like it was a whole new, just, like, I don't know, economy of people loving the stuff that people put out and are and appreciating the content as well as, you know, being active patrons of not just us, but everyone else yeah. there and, you know, just contributing in some way because they believed in the game as much as we did. I had a lot of people come up and just tell me that, you know, Game Nights or our podcast were the reason that yeah. they either got into Magic or got, got back. back into Magic. And that is what I just love hearing. Or that got them into Commander. Like, I used mm -hmm. to be a standard player, and, and I watch Game Nights, or I watch your podcast, or both, and, you know, that really got me to understand Commander, and now that's all I play. And uh, that's, yeah. just, that's just my favorite thing to hear, right? I think that was the, if I had to say the thing that I heard the most was I got back into Magic because of you guys. Yeah. And that's very heartwarming. Yeah, so, super awesome. If you did not make GP Vegas this year, we definitely would encourage you to, to aim for it next year. Totally. That's the one event of the year we always go to. So we go to other ones sometimes, but we will definitely always be at that because it's a hop, skip, and a jump for us. And it's always huge. Everybody's there. That's the biggest one of the year. Yeah. So, All right. To the listeners, what do you think about the Greven deck? What did we miss? Were you at GP Vegas? If you were, how was your experience? Yes. Did you get a foil soul ring signed by us don't signed do a bunch that of us too but how can Ori, don't yeah. every time i'm like are you sure because it feels like i'm just ripping up a 20 dollar bill when <laughs> i sign that thing you know well every time i'm like i can always sign the outer sleeve and then any card can be yeah, signed you can switch it out and they're they're like, like, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay all right fair enough um if you want to pick up a Vidal Canori, you know 
to not have a sign, just to put in your decks and keep it at full value, then go ahead and go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you're ordering your magic product singles, anything at all, maybe the, the cards for this Greven deck, I gotta yeah. say, it is super fun. This is a deck I'm gonna keep together for a while. I even wanna build it now, geez. Yeah, so maybe we'll go Greven versus Greven. <laughs> Uh, if you order that stuff using our affiliate link, you really are helping us out. And of course, Ultra Pro, another sponsor of the show. If you want to, you know, make your Greven deck look awesome or any deck that you build, you can just go ahead and find some Ultra Pro like, at your local game store at cardkim.com slash command zone or at big box retailers, play mats, sleeves, deck boxes, dice, and all that. You'd be proud because I use red eclipse sleeves on this one. I felt this is the oh, most, yeah. this is the most red deck I own. I don't have a mono red deck, but this deck feels very red, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yeah. color red deck. Yeah. Very rarely are you even in two colors, I feel like. Well, and if I was, it would normally be, you know, more black than red and I would be more yeah. black themed, but this is definitely like feels like a red deck. Yeah, where's the blue, John? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> blue. Um, all right, now it's time for the end step where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I have something. Yeah. So there's a cool new book. I've talked about this series before, there's an author named Pierce Brown, and he did a series called Red Rising. In fact... Oh, right. I have that in my house, though. Yeah, we've given away those books mm -hmm. on the show, um, and he came out with a new episode in the series, a new expansion or... Expansion. Sequel. A new sequel. That's the word. And I just wanted to call it out because I think that Pierce Brown's a really good author, and I like that series a lot. If you like Ender's Game and that kind of oh, yeah. uh, stuff, then this is for you. Um Red Rising is the first book in the series, so I'd start there. But there's these day and age, like, I didn't hear about this book until it's already been out for like a week and a half. So there's possible people have read those books and don't know that it's out. So I'm here to tell you, it is. How many books total are going to be in the series, you think? I don't know total when it's over, but right now there's like five. So okay. it's not like, it's not a huge mountain to climb. It's also not way. massive. They're no, not like it's not Wheel of, of Time or yeah, something. Wheel, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wheel of Time TV. Oh, we'll, t we'll save that for another end step. When it happens. Okay. And it's good, I hope. <laughs> All right, something else you should check out is our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman, who were there playing mm -hmm. uh, Commander a lot, and they were at GP Vegas. I'm sure they're going to talk about that on their future episodes. They run The Masters of Modern, which is a modern-focused podcast. Also, Bunch of shakeups on Modern, Hogak Band, Faithless Losing Band, yeah. Stoneford Mystic, Unbanned. That is going to have reverberations for the entire format. So if you want to find out what those are, go to The Masters of Modern. Just type it into YouTube. You can find it on all your podcast apps. So you can find them on Twitter at the MMCast or right next to us at Collected.Company. Our editors for the show are Ashlyn Rose and Craig Blanchett. Actually, I do remember my favorite moment. It's when Ashlyn convinced me. Uh, a few weeks ago, because they were doing oh, yeah. Sailor, uh, Sailor Sailor Moon, Moon meets cosplay meets uh, Magic the Gathering crossover cosplay. So they were the Sailor Scout planeswalkers. She was Sailor Nissa. Nissa cosplay was oh, that's funny. Was Sailor Kazmina. Uh, uh, Athena. Athena was Sailor Liliana, and I was Tuxedo Mask Jace. So that was a lot of fun. We did that just for one day there. Uh, yeah, and, that was super cool. Yeah, and so Ashlyn Rose and Craig Banchett, both the editors of the podcast, and of course. Special thanks, as always, to Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG, who does the Living Card animations behind us on the set, as well as the beginning and ending of our episodes on youtube.com slash the Command Zone Podcast. You can find him at Living Cards MTG on Twitter. Also, congratulations. Jeffrey is a new father. <gasps> really? Yeah, just within the last like couple oh, of weeks. No way. So congrats. Maybe that's why he didn't go to GP Vegas. Yeah, I think that was why, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so understandable. Understandable. Congrats, but, um, Jeffrey. I hope you're teaching your kid already how to play with blue mana. Thanks, or everybody. Red. Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Peace. Thank you for your attention. 
For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs>